Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. It's time for Trade Talk. So it looks like um, at the deadline, the Rangers traded away Brady Shea for a first-round pick. There's no details yet on that first-round pick. I assume it's unprotected. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious which of the picks it is because they, tra- they had the, the Toronto Maple Leafs first-rounder, and they traded one first-rounder for Vatanen and the other one for Shea. So I wonder which team gets which pick. But you know, I low key would love to have Toronto's pick. Um, whichever pick it is, I hope that team misses the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we just have to look at it. like whoever whoever's pick that is responsible for. Yeah, I hope that team crashes. Yeah. So give us the Toronto pick because that that team is about to go down. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, so I just want to give um, – so before we even get into this, uh, Shana gets all the credit in the world. She had this before anybody, before Bob McKenzie, before LeBron, before any of the insiders had it. So yeah, uh, yeah. Shana she gets the first all one to break. the credit in the world. She had this first. She, she broke it, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And yeah. um, she's super well-trusted. That's why I, I – that's the only reason why I retweeted it because she's super well-trusted. Yeah, well, she works for the athletics, so she's a. I mean, she, she's not a source that breaks news a lot. She's not like Bob McKenzie or Elliot Friedman or whatever. But I mean, she works for the athletics, so when she when she tweets something, she she's not the type of person who will just throw stuff out there. She's not my Commodore. So yeah, good on her. Uh, she was the first one to report it and first round pick for Brady Shea. And we discussed this earlier. This is what the what Gordon needed to do. You sign Kreider long term. You need to shed salary elsewhere. So Brady yeah. Shea, 5.2 million off the books and no salary retained, no salary coming back. So you get a first round pick and 5.2 million in cap space for Brady Shea. It's not bad. No, essentially, you're paying with, with that money you paid Chris Carter. You're just shifting money from Brady Shea to Chris Carter. That's all you're doing. Actually, you pay. You have money left because Chris Carter signed an extension. Like the 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 raise that Chris Carter got was like what two million. What was he in the fours before? I think he was four point six, and now he's at six point five. Okay, so about a, almost two million dollars. So let's round it up to two million. Uh, Brady Shea makes five point two million, so it's three point two million you can spend elsewhere. I think that's the Angelo's n- new contract. You you can give the Angelo four point five million now. Well, I think now that you've now that you've moved um, Shea off the team, you're starting to get a deeper look at what this team is going to look like down the road. Yep, um, things are start things are starting to come a little bit more clear now. 
for the for the Rangers in terms of their defense. Their defense is going to be Jacob Truba, Adam Fox, probably Lindgren. Yeah, no, I I was thinking D'Angelo. Like, I think he's there. I think now he's there long term. So Tony D'Angelo. Yep. Probably Ryan Lindgren. And your two other spots are going to be really up in the air. They're going to be up in the air. There's going to be a lot of kids fighting for those two spots. Uh, You have Hayek. You have Rikov. You have uh, Nils Lundqvist, who's coming over this summer. I'm I'm 99% sure about that after talking to him. Um, he's he his contract expires with Lulia um, at the end of the season. So if he signs a contract with the Rangers, it'll be either the Rangers or Hartford. He has no intention of signing a new contract in Sweden. Mm, okay. Um, so he's one of the candidates. I'm not sure if Keandre Miller will actually go pro or stay another year in college. Um, this will be this would be his third year coming up. He's probably looking to sign. This, this would be his thing. junior year, but, you know, and I know there were there were different circumstances, but Adam Fox played his junior year in college. It's not the end of the world. And honestly, from what I've seen from Keandre Miller, it's not that he's been bad, but he hasn't been dominating college hockey the way he should be before turning pro. Mm. Fair he point. was not as – Neil Pionk was more dominant in college than Keandre Miller last season in their yep. in sophomore seasons. Um, I, I still think he makes the jump now. Um, I maybe, think, maybe. I don't, I don't see. I mean, I just don't. I don't see him staying there in Wisconsin. But I, I don't know. But the but the the bottom line is is that you know Stahl and Brendan Smith and um, Stahl, Brendan Smith and uh, who am I losing? And then Brady Shea are now off of the the equation. Yeah, Smith and Stahl will have one year left. They'll come off the books in 2021. So next year will be, on defense at least, a huge transition year. Correct. Um, and I'm very, very interested to see what's going to happen. Uh, Tarmo Reunanen is coming back from Finland. Uh, he's already under contract. Uh, as you know, he was loaned out to Luko for the first year of his ELC. Mm-hmm. So he will come back. He will fight for one of the spots. And maybe, because... Reunanen hasn't had like the flashy season in Finland that he had last season, but defensively he's been very solid. And maybe the Rangers are counting on him to to make that step up to the team. Have Lindgren slot into that 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 second pair spot on the left. Um, and yeah, what are you gonna do with that top pair? You're gonna play Mark Stahl there with with Jacob Truba, or God, are we, no. you can't or are we, are we finally going to do something? revolutionary, which it shouldn't be because it's such a simple thing, by having your best defensemen, but your two best defensemen play together regardless of what hand they use to shoot the puck. Play Adam Fox and Jacob Truba on the top pair. If you really, really want to rely on what players have done in the past, play Anthony D'Angelo on the left side because he played on the left side in the OHL. But... I actually think I tweeted that earlier. I was talking about who can make that switch over. I, I actually would be totally game to give to to put Tony D'Angelo on the on 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 his offhand and just let's just try it. Yeah, and 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 both D'Angelo and Adam Fox are uh, defensemen who have great lateral movement, 
Um, they're very, they, they see the eyes well. Their gap control is really good, especially Adam Fox. His gap control is amazing. So if you're going to uh, play someone on their, on their offside, so to speak, um, just go, go with your, your two best defensemen and see how they adjust. Uh, just give them a couple of games, each of them, and see which one is a better fit with Jacob Truba. Yeah. The last thing I want to see is Mark Stahl on the top pair. Oh God, no! That would make me. That would make me cringe. But Mark Stahl is going to be on the team for another year. There's, there's, there's no denying that. Brendan Smith is going to be on the team for another year. Whether that'll be as a forward or as a defenseman, who knows? But we have one more year to to write this out with the two bad contracts, the the Smith and Stahl contracts, and after that. It all opens up as we discussed earlier. Twenty twenty one. and we all t- we they, all talked about twenty twenty one being the year. <clears throat> what they even could do with D'Angelo now that Shea is off the books, um, they could give D'Angelo a one year. Let's say give him a one year four million dollar deal. It's a it's a huge pay raise for him. And then next year, when he's still a restricted free agent, when all that money comes off the books, they can extend him long term. If they don't want to invest too much money early on, like this off season, because mm, you, have, you, you have to Shattenkirk six million uh, uh, cap penalty going all the way back to one point four. Um, you have the five point seven million for Stahl coming off the books, the four point three million I think for Smith. There's a lot of money to go around in 2021, and and. If you give D'Angelo a one-year deal and then negotiate that long that long uh, term deal in twenty twenty one, you can give him so much more money. Yeah, I mean it's not a bad idea. I think I think I try to you know the last thing I want though is him to have another monster year. And oh, then of, course. Like, of course. That, that, then I and then I feel like I, I've missed my boat on getting him at a at a good rate. Yeah, and, and this is this is the thing with uh, uh, with contract negotiations. Jeff Gordon tried to do something with Brady Shea that the Rangers haven't really done with anyone yet in the in the years before. They always went with the bridge deal. You know, you, a player comes off their entry level contract, you give them a two year deal, um, have them prove that they're good enough for that next contract, but then you end up with the contracts that run until they're thirty three or thirty four, like with. Stahl and Girardi, for instance. Jeff Gordon tried to do something the Nashville Predators did. The Nashville Predators have such a good defense for such a low overall cap hit because they commit early. The trick is you have to know which players to commit to. And look, I don't, I, I'm not saying that the Shea contract is a bad contract. I'm just saying that it didn't work out the way Gordon probably hoped. I think he was hoping for more of a Roman Yossi type contract in terms of value where you pay a little bit more early on, long term, and then those final years you have great value for for your player. Unfortunately for Brady Shea, it didn't work out, but I think it's the right approach. It's much better than than bridge deals because the bridge deals is what killed what killed the Rangers with Derek Stepan, another example. Yeah. It's the trick, and, and I, I, I hate Brit deals. So I, I, I listen. I was all for Jeff Gordon, you know, uh, buying out those those uh, those RFA years, mm. and and just saying, you know what, we're gonna we're not gonna we're not giving you bridge deals. We're just gonna buy out. We're gonna buy. We're gonna give you a deal now. We're gonna buy out all your UFA years and just give you a contract. 
Look, a bridge deal is fine. You just need to identify which players are, are suited for that bridge deal. A guy like Brad Howden is perfect for a bridge deal. You give him two more years to grow into what he may become. Yeah, yeah. I would even I would even argue with with uh, with with D'Angelo's history. He's worthy of a bridge deal. Um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think D'Angelo is is worth a bridge deal, but it is risky. I mean, he's no, no. I know that. I'm just saying, like he, like my point is, is that you know I, I would be more inclined to give a bridge deal to someone that uh, I have questions about. Yeah, but you know, you know where I'm just not sure. Yeah, there's there's options now with Shea coming off the books. Gordon has options, and it's not just D'Angelo; it's Lemieux as well. He can he can he can sit down with Lemieux and say, "Hey, Brandon, this is what we want to do. Um, we want to uh, we want you to be here for 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 the next five six years, but we want to give you a one year deal now, and then next year renegotiate. And you know when we have the money to spend, or maybe they do that with Strom. I know you don't want to hear it, but now no, I mean that's that's possible. I I just think that you know, I mean we we've talked about this before. I like Strom. Um, I I just don't like him. I, I'm I'm not a fan of giving a marginal player a big deal because of personality and comfort on a team. Like I just that's that, I think I think teams that do that sometimes. Now if you had unlimited cap space, fine, you can do these things all day long. When you're talking about in a league where the cap is very very strict on what you can spend and as a hard cap you really got to value certain things higher than others and you're going to have to value most of all the thing that's hardest to get which is the elite talent and that's what you want you know you don't get in trouble handing out you know uh eight million dollars and nine million dollars to guys who put up you know a point per game you don't get in trouble there but what you get in trouble with is if you if you give out five six million dollars to a guy who you know puts up 40 points that's that's, that's yeah that, that, that's a valid point. Speaking of uh, uh, five six million for a guy who puts up forty points, Pajot. Yeah, I, uh, man, I, I six years not, five million. He's year. not worth. He's not worth that. Um, and I, I'm not sure if they if it actually went through, but the Islanders were also looking into Zach Parise. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know where that went. The that's another one that just got me totally totally flustered like what is Lou doing why if, would you want why would you want Zach Parisi for another well, until he's 41 years old why would you want that that's absolutely the, insane the, the only the only like like the only uh, sentimental thing about this move possibly being completed like Parise to the Islanders is that his dad JP Parise was traded by the Minnesota North Stars to the Islanders when he was also 35 I get that, but I mean, you're you're you're, tr- you're trading a bad contract for a worse contract. Yeah, well, they they will get rid of the Andrew Ladd contract, but there has to be something else coming back from Minnesota. I mean, for Minnesota to get to to somehow be able to get rid of one of those two anchor contracts. They, they no, I to... think I think it was probably a one for one deal. Oh, the one for one deal would be really bad for the Islanders. I know that's what I mean. That's what it looked like. I'm like, this is horrendous. I guess I guess Lou Lamorello was hoping for like some change of scenery effect, but no. I think I think the one thing about Lou is that when he likes you as a player, he likes you, and that's just it. And he just he likes guys, and he just likes guys, and he just does whatever he can to get them. He'll overpay, he'll go through thick and thin to get his guys. He's just very he's very old school like that, where he just like if he likes a guy, he's gonna like him, and he doesn't care what the trade looks like from the pro, you know, all the all the analysts and stuff. He just wants his guy. Yeah, he's 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 worse than Glenn Sather. In some ways, yes, I would yeah. I would agree with that. 
Uh, the weirdest thing about Lamorello is that he never allowed players to wear numbers higher than 40 or something. And then he had to make an exception for Yager when, when Yager went to the Devils. That's so weird. So yeah. But yeah, the Rangers kept Kreider um, and they still ended up uh, with an extra first-round pick at the end of the day. So all in all, that's not a bad day. No, it's not. I mean, you re-sign Chris Kreider, I think, at a, a, an okay deal. It's not great. It's not bad. It's okay. It's it's somewhere in the middle. It's 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 less money than I wanted to spend. That less money than I thought that that he was going to cost in the open market. True, and it's probably another year on top of what I wanted to give him. Fine, you know. But if the Rangers want to buy out those last two years down the road, fine. It make is it does it keep the Rangers heading in the right track? You know, to fight for a cup in the next three to five years. Yes. So it's fine. Yeah, I, I was never against Kreider resigning for the first four years. The first four years, I'm not worried about. It's those final three years that bother me a bit. But now with Brady Shea off the books, those first four years are a piece of cake to fit under the cap. They, you, you, you solved all your issues with the Brady Shea trade. And by not taking any, any money back, you are getting, getting a 5.2 million cap space as an asset too. It's not just the first round pick. This is this is the Der- a little bit uh, similar to the Derek Stepan trade, where you don't just get D'Angelo and a first round pick. You also get the six point five million in cap space. Yeah, and that's agreed. huge. And that's huge. Yeah, agreed. agreed. And in this case, it's only it's five point two five million, but still, it's money you can spend elsewhere. We have restricted free agents now, and don't be surprised if the Rangers now sign Jesper Foss to an extension now that they have to share money to, to, to allocate elsewhere. Uh, you know what? That's, after they, I, thought, I thought Foss was going to be a goner, but I think now after seeing the fact that we've traded Shea, yeah, that, now, now that becomes a little bit more realistic to, of keeping Foss if you want to keep him. Out of all the players that were, that were linked with the trade, out of all the Rangers that were talked about on trade deadline, Shea was, I think, the least likely to go, and he was the only one who was traded. Yeah, how wild is that? It's Cry- so Cry- wild. Kreider didn't get traded. Georgia Foss didn't not. get traded. No, Foss no, didn't get traded. But no, all of a sudden, no, Shea no. goes, and it's like Shea was low on that totem pole. Yeah, he was. He was. He was not even on the list yesterday. The TSN had like this this trade board, and he was on the list, and then he was taken off again, and then he was like number forty five or something. He was like low on the list. And then there was the rumor about him going to Carolina. And then it was, oh, Carolina traded for Vatanen, so it's it's not happening. And in the end, it happened anyway. Carolina is going all in. They had two first-round picks, theirs and Toronto's, and they traded both for, for defensemen. And Vatanen is a rental. He's a free agent in the summer. So I think Vatanen is more, more the Pesci replacement short-term. And Shea is the guy they want to build around. And I think Carolina... Carolina hopes that Brady Shea can can sort of show flashes of that rookie season because he had a really good rookie season. Let's let's not forget that. No, no, he did. You're absolutely right about that. And and Brady Shea's biggest issue and and you know I, I was never a big fan of Brady Shea, but I have defended him a lot because Brady Shea's biggest issue, in my opinion, is that he was paid to be a second pair defenseman, but he was forced to play on the first pair where he he's just not good enough. It's like putting. Uh, putting Brendan Lemieux on the first line and then complaining he doesn't score 40 goals. I know. And 
maybe in Carolina, an organization in the, especially the last couple of years, notorious for stellar defense. Maybe in that environment where he has a more sheltered role on the second pair, he actually flourish. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. No, I would not be surprised either. I actually think he's going to have quite a good career with Carolina. Because you have you have Pesci, you have Slavin, who's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, and then to have Brady Shea on the second pair behind those two, I think he can flourish with with a guy like Edmondson if he will still be on the team. If he plays with a guy like Edmondson, who's like this 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 veteran. Well, don't, who... don't forget this. They still have Dougie Hamilton too. Oh, oh yeah, of course, Dougie Hamilton. Well, okay, you can play with Dougie Hamilton. Then. Second pair of Dougie Hamilton and Brady Shea, that's, that's a good second pair to have in the NHL. The Rangers have a lot of holes to fill on defense, though, and they, they really need to hope that, that, that one or two of their prospects come through. Yeah, no, I, I think the Rangers, ha- the Rangers do have holes to fill, but I don't think that the holes are as glaring as, they, as, as people think. I think the problem with the Rangers, more than anything, is they're waiting for one of their kids to emerge as that top player and to take over and push everyone down accordingly. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? Like they've got like, like D'Angelo is really good. Fox is really good. You know, it's possible that uh, Nils Lundqvist and, and um, Keandre Miller are going to be really good, but it's a lot of really good. And there's no elite. There's no top, top star defenseman. The Rangers, the Rangers might, the Rangers might be going the route of saying we might not have, we might not have that luxury of having a Jacob Slavin or you know an Eric Carlson on our team. We might not ever have that, but you know what we might have? We might have six really good defenders, where we can kind of just, you know, no one is going to stand out and and shut people down and be our top pair, but we're going to have depth. And that might be the right that route they go, and then just kind of, you know, leave the kids out there and just see which ones, you know, flourish in terms of being the top player, and then, you know, like, kind of like let it happen through natural cause. Never floats to the top, floats to the top, takes the top minutes. Yeah, and people always talk about, you know, the lottery because the Rangers won the lottery last year when they got the second overall pick and drafted Capo Caco. But the other lottery the Rangers have been involved in the last couple of years, and that's how I see it is the lottery for an elite defenseman. They have added so many defensive prospects and they are just banking they are just hoping that one of those many 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 lottery tickets will actually give them that that big prize that elite defenseman. If one of them out of all these defensive prospects they have like 12 or 13 if one of those emerges and it can happen and look at Keith Yandel look at Roman Yossi there are a lot of top pair defensemen in the league who were drafted well outside the first round. Sometimes it happens. Maybe the Rangers are hoping that, that they just struck gold with one of these prospects. I think they did with Adam Fox, if, I, if, I, if I'm really being honest here. I mean, I, I know it's a, very, it's a very early time to be calling this, but I, I haven't seen a, a player or at least a New York Ranger player, you know, specifically on the blue line, just with the amount of poise that this kid has with the puck in Years, man. I mean, oh, it's really okay. true. So, so let's say they have it with um, with Adam Fox, then then Jacob Truba on the on the right side for the next seven years is um, is, is is a pretty good defenseman to have. Yeah, he might he might be a bit overpaid. Uh, you know, he didn't he hasn't had the greatest season so far, but 
I'm willing to give him a break. It's his first season with a new team. He's played for the Winnipeg Jets ever since he entered the league as a teenager. Um, and I, he, I, I think I think he's been criticized a little too hard. I think some people are looking at that eight million dollars and expecting a superstar. And it's like you're not going to get a superstar, but you're going to get a very very top quality defender. And he's been real good. It's just that he, I think if, if we just throw the money out and we say let's forget about money, has he been a a, a good first pair defender? Yes. Uh, he's he's been a good first first pair defenseman, but Ranger fans want more and. I don't know if that if it's fair to expect him to be elite. He's he's never going to be on the level of guys like Drew Doughty or Victor Hedman or. Uh, and I and, even, I and I don't expect him to. I just expect no. him to be the best Jacob Truby he can be, and that's it. Yeah, and um, you know, it's well, well, we'll see what happens. But next season, he will he will be more used to the system we have. Uh, we'll have Shostorkin in that, which, in my in my in my opinion. From watching the games, it calms down this defense. They have Shostorkin in net. To have a to have a goalie in net who's actually comfortable playing the puck. Yeah, I mean that 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 actually is a. I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually a really good. Um, I can't remember the last. You know, I mean, I I, I love I love Hank, and nobody loves Hank more than I do. Man, it is kind of different to see you know uh, see that in the back of the net. You know, uh, having that that third defenseman. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and I remember the first or second game he was in goal. I think it was the first game against Colorado. He had this stretch pass to Kako, like like this saucer pass to Kako, who was in the neutral zone, and he had a breakaway, and he didn't score. But that was just that was there were some flashes of what he may be to the Rangers, and it's it's such a it's such a different look to have him in net, and I think it it rubs off on the defenseman as well. Um, so we'll see what happens with uh, with Truba. He's losing his buddy Shea, but that's going to be the next uh, point I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Gordon is, is ruthless. He does not care what players think. He made Lundqvist cry last year when he traded Zuccarello. Now he traded Brady Shea. He has bought out Dan Girardi. He has bought out Kevin Shattenkirk, who took a discount to play for his childhood team. Yep. Jeff Gordon... Has Jeff Gordon just 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 switches off his feelings uh, uh, during these negotiations and and during trade deadline day, and he just looks at it from a very very professional perspective, like you know just just names on a piece of paper, and that's the GM that 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 you need in a rebuild. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see what's going to happen now. Two first round picks. The draft got a whole lot more interesting for Ranger fans now. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, the draft, the Ottawa Senators and the Montreal Canadiens have thirteen draft picks this summer. Dude, the the, the Ottawa Senators have an absurd amount of picks. The Ottawa I think they, 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 they they probably own like twenty percent of like the draft. Uh, I'm I'm going to go to their page on Cap Friendly and we'll go through it. They have three picks in the first round, oh four picks in the second round. Oh my god! Two picks in the third round. <laughs> then have their own pick in the fourth round, the Tampa Bay pick in the fifth, two picks in the sixth round. In the first three rounds, they have nine nine draft picks. 
That's insane. That's insane, dude. The first three rounds, that's 100 picks. They have 10% of the draft picks in the first 100 selections. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I, was, I was joking saying 20%, but you're like, I, but, but like, that's not, that's, I mean, the fact that I'm even in the ballpark is crazy. Yes. And the other team, the Canadians, they have only one pick in the first round, but then they have three in the second, two in the third, three in the fourth, two in the fifth, their own in the sixth, and two in the seventh. Yeah, but I'd rather have I'd rather be where Ottawa is. Yeah, of course, but not not every team can have three first round picks and two second round picks and whatever. Yeah, the Montreal Canadiens, who are hosting the draft, let's not forget that, have fourteen draft picks. Yeah, and watch them win the draft too. To me, to, to, to just the icing on the cake. Um, and then pick Lafreniere, who's a French Canadian. Yeah, that would be. It just, that'd be a, that'd be a uh, you know, nice little uh, wrap-up on that boat, you know? <laughs> it's too good not to... Uh, um, how, do you, how do you call it? Um, it's too good not to rig it that way. Yeah. But there's no rigging in the draft lottery, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, it's going to be an interesting draft. The Rangers, they've recouped some assets because, of course, their second-round pick... Went to the Carolina Hurricanes uh, in the Adam Fox trade when he played 30 games. The Rangers now have two picks in the first round, uh, two picks in the third, um, their own picks in rounds four, five, and six, and then three picks in round seven. Right. So they have some ammunition. Not necessarily to trade up in the first round because I don't see that happening, but they could package two third rounders and trade up into the second round. Yeah, all in all, now that Shea is traded for a first-round pick, I feel a lot better about the Kreider uh, extension. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we talked about it before. It, I mean, this frees up. This definitely frees up money. It makes sense. Um, I didn't know if they were going to do anything now. I didn't think anything would get done now, but it did, and there you go. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I, I, I still think I, – I think this summer, I don't think – I think the ring, I think Gorton is nowhere near done moving guys i i think this summer is going to get super interesting for 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 two guys one is Henrik henrik Lundqvist and the other one is going to be mark stall i now I, I know that both of them have no move clauses i know both of them only have you know a, a you know a year left on their deal i get it i totally get it mm-hmm. but it would not surprise me if the rangers asked them do you want to go somewhere we'll we'll eat half your salary we'll, we'll send you somewhere you know, knowing that these two guys are, are not getting the ice time that they, that they get anymore. Yeah. Oh, uh, quickly, um, a correction about the Vatanen trade to Carolina. They gave up a second rounder. Oh, that makes, that makes it a lot more palatable. They gave up a second rounder and Jan Kowalkanen. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, it's a good, it's a good return. It's a good return for New Jersey for a rental. I mean, they are they are going to be a lottery team. They uh, are, and you might as well might as well stock picks when you while you can, you know. Yeah. So yeah, all in all, I think it, we had to wait until the bitter end, like after three p.m. even. But Gordon was um, Gordon was patient. Yes, he was. 
Um, I still haven't seen the press conference on MSG. I'm not waiting for it anymore. I'm going to go to bed. It's it's, uh, it's 10 p.m. here. I have to get up at six. So. Yeah, I'm pretty much done for the day. So let's just let's just wrap this up and yeah, you know, we, I'm going we, to quickly we basically we basically spent like over an hour talking about two yeah. two big situations, Kreider and Brady Shea. Yeah, I'm going to uh, to quickly edit this and then upload it so everyone can listen to this. And uh, yeah, let's hope that Butch Nevich and Shostak are all right, and you know that they do well. Yeah, I actually think that's probably the that's probably the bigger news. Is, that's that's uh, that's for me for the, the, the biggest the, news of today. Yes, yeah. I the Kreider extension is news. Trading trading Brady Shea for a first round pick it's pretty big news on draft day on the on deadline day. But when two of your uh, players, two of the more two of the better players, to be honest. Are involved in a car crash that just that puts everything into perspective. Yeah. So let's hope they're okay, and um, yeah, let's uh, let's see what the Rangers can do tomorrow. I think they play the Islanders tomorrow. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. The Islanders made a lot of moves. How sweet yeah. would it be if we kicked their asses? Right. And then we play the Canadians on Thursday. I'm just quickly going to go over the schedule for the next couple of days. Uh, the Flyers on Friday, so back-to-back. And then an early game uh, at noon on Sunday against the Flyers. So, I think oh, they played two games against the Flyers. Okay. So, two against the Flyers, one against the Islanders, one against the Canadians. How many games are they going to win out of those four? How many points? Ooh, I don't know. Look, I was dead wrong last time when I when I predicted three points out of four games. How about, how about, how about, how about two? How about two? Is that fair? Two? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want to go with two points because Chef Jorkin is no longer in net, and I think that's going to affect the Rangers. I do too. Um, I think they might... Uh, they play the Canadians in Montreal. They're not winning that one. No, I think that's a loss. They're gonna, I think they're going to lose to the Islanders and they're going to win one of the Flyer games. Yeah, that's kind of what I... I think they're going to go one and, one and three. That's my guess. I'll go with three points. I think they're going to go to OT in one of the losses and then beat fly, the Flyers in one of their games. All right. I, th- I think they either beat the Islanders or they beat the Flyers. They lose, they lose in Montreal and then they lose the other Philly game. All right, let's uh, let's see you at the end of the week when we record again. Sounds good, my man. All right, take care. This was our uh, trade deadline special. Yes, it was. All right, talk to you later. Later. Bye.